the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Now, you are going to have a hearing. The Select Committee on Engagement with the Chinese Communist Party is going to have a hearing and I'm very much looking forward to this because they are pursuing dissidents in the United States. Tell us about this. Well, we are having a roundtable today on the CCP's uh, war on religious freedom. Um, they are not only pursuing members of the dissident community in the United States within China, they're doing things like rewriting the Bible. For example, in the Gospel of John, when Jesus famously defends a woman caught committing adultery against her accusers, he says the famous words, let he among you without sin cast the first stone. This is a beautiful story of forgiveness and mercy. But in the CCP approved version of the Bible, you can call it a Bible with socialist characteristics. They rewrite the story to say that Jesus does not defend the woman and Jesus himself stones the adulterous woman to death because they view this as a story of someone challenging earthly authority, which is a threat to the regime itself. And it goes just to show you the lengths they will they will go in order to um, stamp out anything that they view as a threat to the regime. Christians are being persecuted. Obviously, there's an ongoing genocide of Uyghur Muslims, the Tibetan community uh, faces in some ways an, an existential threat as they seek to stamp out their culture and their religion. So we're getting a variety of religious leaders together from many different faiths in order to discuss the CCP's ongoing war against religion today. Well, uh, as a Roman Catholic, and we share our denominational affiliation, is there anyone showing up from the Catholic Church because Pope Francis did the worst deal of his tenure with Chicoms? I, uh, I regret to say I've, I reached out to no fewer than three cardinals uh, and members of the Catholic Church and, and none responded. I don't know if that's just, um, you know, they didn't get my message or, or there's something bigger going on. I've been concerned about the that uh, deal that was made, um, and I hope to have more Catholic voices in the future speaking out uh, about what the Chinese Communist Party uh, is doing. Um, and uh, so right now, that's kind of the biggest gap in our participation. We do have some great people coming, like Pastor Bob Roberts, who's the president for the Institute for Global Engagement and co-founder of the Multi-Faith uh, Networks. Uh, we have um, uh, other people like David Curry, who's the commissioner for the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, uh, a variety of people represented. But I regret to say no high-level official from the Catholic Church right now. It's not too late to come. Uh, did the, local uh, cardinal, did cardinal Gregory decline? He is the Cardinal of D.C. And the guy I, who ought I, to I re- be there. I, I reached out uh, personally. I, I did not I did not hear back. Again, I don't want to ascribe any uh, malicious intent. I, I, it could just be that it got, you know, it, it fell through the cracks in terms of the invitation. Um, uh, but uh, we certainly would love would love to have him uh, if he can make it. 
You, you know, um, maybe you can get Archbishop Chaput out of retirement to come down. The trouble is, and I want to be very candid with the audience, Pope Francis has entered into a terrible deal for the Catholic Church in China that has effectively defenestrated the uh, Catholic Church in China. They extended it. China has violated it. And everybody's embarrassed, but they're also afraid of Francis. So they won't speak up. And, and he doesn't really know what he's doing there. And it's a disaster for the Catholic Church. But let's focus on the people who are coming. Uh, do are there any house churches left? I know the Falun Gong, which is you know something of a cult, but it's been completely persecuted, and you have to be a cult in the United States, even if, unless you're hurting people, but not in China, right? They've completely shut those people down. Absolutely, um, and I think the important thing for your listeners to understand is that when we talk about religious persecution in China, traditionally we talk about the Uyghurs because that's of course the most sort of prominent and in some ways grotesque example of the lengths to which the CCP will go to stamp out uh, a particular faith, and in that case, an ethnic minority as well. Um, But it's happening across the board, uh, from the Falun Gong to to Christians. I mentioned the Tibetans before. Um, And we're just hoping to get a, a wide range of voices to discuss this phenomenon that I think is underappreciated. So, for example, we're going to welcome Pastor Pan Young Gan to Washington, D.C., alongside um, a, a bunch of American religious leaders. This is Pastor Pond's first public-facing event in D.C., following his church members' uh, escape from government persecution in China uh, and asylum that he subsequently received in the United uh, States. And again, I think the core point here is for people to understand the extent to which the CCP views uh, various religious sects as a threat to their dictatorial uh, rule and all the more reason why the United States needs to be a strong voice for religious freedom and speak out on behalf of those that are constantly persecuted by the increasingly paranoid Chinese Communist Party. You know, uh, your friend of mine, Senator Cotton, was on with Brett Baer the other day saying that artificial intelligence is a race, an arms race that we cannot lose. All right, we have to win that. One of the things I can see the Chinese comms, the Chai comms doing, is rewriting the scripture to insert the party in the place of Jesus, Jesus and the party. And they'll use AI to do that. And they are absolutely in the race to rewrite history and to rewrite everything. Does everyone understand how absolutely Orwellian it is what they're doing? I don't. I think there's a tendency uh, among the business community and the financial community to either ignore this or, or wish it away uh, or think that our investments in key technology in China are innocuous when, of course, they're being used to perfect this surveillance state that I think would make Orwell blush. On the issue of AI, Hugh, uh, I'm also excited uh, to be doing a, a Twitter Spaces discussion with Representative Ro Khanna and Elon Musk uh, later today, where we're going to discuss uh, both the promise and as well as the risks of AI. Um, you know, Elon is one of the most prominent uh, voices out there saying we need to pause um, and we want to have a robust discussion of whether a pause would be practical, um, whether a pause would, a- would actually advantage the Chinese Communist Party. It's important that we win this competition, just given the implications of AI, um, not only for our military, but for humanity itself. But I'm absolutely concerned about the way in which the Chinese Communist Party would wield this technology to further their purpose of perfecting a surveillance state, which would not, in my opinion, stay confined 
to the borders of China, but would be would be a model that they would export around the world. You know, that that pause thing gives me great pause. If we had paused on the Manhattan Project, we would not have gotten there in time. And hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans would have died in uh, going ashore at uh, in Tokyo and, and in the islands of Japan. So I don't want to pause. I want visibility into what they're doing. What time is your Twitter spaces with Elon Musk? It is tonight at 7 Eastern. Okay, I have two requests for that. Can you put in two requests for me? Mm-hmm. You got a pen handy? I got it in my ear right here. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right. Number one, is there losing in sports? Would you ask Elon Musk that? Is that possible? Yes. Is there losing in sports? Because, you know, on the one hand, all of Wisconsin says no, but I want to know what Elon Musk... And then secondly... I've interviewed Peter Thiel on this program. I've interviewed Mark Zuckerberg on this program. Will he appear as a guest on the Hugh Hewitt show, the most informative and absolutely stellar radio show in the United States and on the Salem News Channel? Would you relay that to me for him, please? Both you and Roe have been on it, so you can both speak to how uh, classy and comprehensive the program is. I, I agree with that, but it begs a question, Hugh. If I am your de facto booking agent, what precisely does Dwayne do for this enterprise? Not, what do I have to do, Dwayne? Dwayne's not even in the yeah. studio today. He's in Tennessee. I was just talking to Marsha Blackburn. Dwayne is on vacation. Not that that should surprise you, but it, he's on vacation, so nothing. So you're doing it all. But I, you know, I'll I'll do it at his convenience. We don't need Dwayne. In fact, it'll probably work better if we don't have Dwayne. Uh, let me go back to the Chicoms and surveillance in the United States, because I have a new column at the Washington Post about what Putin will do if he wins in Ukraine. Let me ask you that first. What do you think Putin would do to the Ukrainian people if he occupied the entire country, uh, executed Zelensky and the government? What do you think Putin would do? I I actually think it ties to what we were saying before. I think he would turn to his senior partner, uh, his, his sugar daddy, Xi Jinping, and ask for his assistance in utterly suppressing the people of Ukraine. All of the best technology that would serve that purpose, uh, whatever arms that they would need, anything they would need to do to stamp out any dissent from the Ukrainian people, it would be an absolute humanitarian tragedy. It would be a tragedy for um, freedom uh, internationally. All the more reason why I think the bravery that the Ukrainians are displaying every day and the innovation they're displaying every day on the battlefield is something that's worthy of, of clinical and targeted uh, support. Uh, and the second thing he would do is, is start to plan ways in which he could destabilize the NATO 
alliance. Um, and I think that was really the, the primary risk of, of the war in Ukraine is, is what is what it would mean for NATO more broadly, in addition to just the, the tragedy on the ground of Ukraine itself. We know that Putin views uh, NATO as an extreme, if not existential threat, uh, and that the, he views the collapse of, of the Soviet Union as the greatest tragedy of the 20th century. So I think there's no question that, A, he would seek all the help he could get in oppressing the Ukrainian people, and B, use a victory in Ukraine to destabilize the NATO alliance going forward. Last question, Congressman Gallagher. Did the Republicans who are against aid to Ukraine, did they think in terms of what is foreseeable in the country, not whether or not NATO goes to war, but just what Putin will do? And are they comfortable with that? I wouldn't say they're they're comfortable with that, Hugh. I, I think it's really a question of ensuring that the aid we provide is uh, well spent, uh, that there's oversight of that aid. We've passed a variety of oversight uh, laws. Uh, we have an inspector general examining that aid and making sure that we are um, understanding the fragility of our munitions industrial base so that we don't find ourselves depleting critical stockpiles that we need not only for ourselves, but we need in Taiwan. But I think we have an opportunity to ensure that we rebuild our munitions industrial base to provide support to the Ukrainians, as well as deter a war in Taiwan, make sure that Taiwan's future does not become Ukraine's, Ukraine's present does not become Taiwan's future. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.